Blog Talk Radio. And this is KWAD Radio, and we're on my live with Cotton Carpenter. Uh, just to let you know that so you can either call in at the number 714-242-5145, or uh, if you cannot uh, give us a call, then you have a question or comment, please definitely put it on the information on your uh, your chat. And that's on the same page you're talking to here. Um, we've got some people who are logging in, and that's awesome. Thank you, and nice to see you there. I can see everyone is on, so that's uh, it's wonderful that you guys are showing up to give us support uh, to our other authors who are part of the family. So with that, I wanted to introduce Cotton Carpenter. Cotton, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. It's, well, you know, we're in Arizona, and it's it's getting it's creeping up there. It's like a 108 right now. So it's uh and it's going up to even further by the end of this week. I'm going. This is crazy. So. <laughs> Yeah, what's the, what's the uh, weather? It's not that bad here. <laughs> not that bad here in Baltimore. It's um, you know, we feel like it's a scorcher when it hits the 90s. So, but it's been muggy and humid, often yeah. on rain. So, um, I guess I'll take the 90 something over the hundreds. <laughs> yeah, when we start hitting 120, then they start shutting down the airport. So that's that happens. So yeah, you have to you have to take where you can get it. And of course, I reason I brought that up is because I wanted you to tell everybody where you were, and then you did that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so tell us. You know, I know you've got some short stories that you've written before, and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to let everybody know who perhaps doesn't know who you are. Um, you know, kind of bring us up to date on what you've done so far, and you know, we'll go from there. 
Um, well, um, for those who don't know, my name is Cotton Carpenter. Um, I like to consider myself the literary Jane of erotica. Um, by that, I mean sort of like that phrase, a jack-of-all-trades. Um, I'm like a Jane of different literary genres. Um, so I try to keep it spicy, so I still think that, you know, it'll be erotic. It'll definitely uh, raise your temperature a little bit, but um, I have historical fiction. I have a vampire story, a space story. Um, sort of like urban crime, a little bit of humor, um, and different interests all the time. So you never know what's coming next. Um, someone requested that I do um, an erotic superhero kind of thing, and I think that could be work. Interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. I think that could work. I don't. I don't know about the flying. It sounds a little dangerous, but you know, <laughs> it's like that could work. And then of course, you know, there's some poetry and um, you know, like flash fiction. So. I um I, I spread it all out. I just sort of like, you know, what comes to mind. I like to um just entertain. Um I, I don't know, I like to have fun with it and I know that, you know, there's gonna be different audiences that like different things and that's fine. Um not everybody has to like everything that I write, but at the same time I feel like there's gonna be something for everybody. Definitely. Yeah, you actually might might have hit upon a an interesting subject because, you know, uh comic books and superheroes are really hot right now. And <laughs> if, if you add if you add the spiciness that I know you can write, because uh, I, I happen to be one of your fans too, um, <laughs> that that might be very uh, very interesting area to get into. So I, I would definitely pursue that and try it out. I mean, yeah, you know, like the challenge is on. <laughs> I wish I could draw, <laughs> but yeah, no, it sounds like the challenge is on. Yeah, definitely a challenge, and and that could be something that's interesting, and you know, see, it might work, um, and it might not. <laughs> but I, I know that I know that a lot of people have considered and, and they fantasize about you know some of the superheroes. So why not? You know, right? As I, I know that that kiss that uh, Spider-Man gave that that uh, first movie was really smoking hot. So. You know, and most of the women were like thinking about that. So it's not like it's they they the closet. I'm sure they're in the closet about it. But hey, you know, um, a lot of a lot of books have with the erotic intent has really come to the forefront. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. And um, I think some of it is uh, because of ebooks. Um, I was reading an article about I guess like the. Um, the rise in uh, sales, like romance sales, um, once the ebooks came about, and you, you know, um, someone was explaining it. She was like, "I always loved reading romances, but it would uh, uh, because of the covers. I never would carry the book around. I'd never carry the book around. I wouldn't want anybody to know what I was reading. But now that they're on <laughs> ebooks, I can just like load them and like read them all the time. And so it's like I really think that a lot of people that I guess you want to call them maybe the closet romance reader or something like that, you know, that they, yeah. they love it. But because, you know, people are like, oh, you're reading those, you know, bodice busters again or something like that, you know, they get teased. So I think it um it lets them load them, you know, load them up on their Kindles, their Nooks, and, and just roll. So I, I think that's why um I, I don't, I wouldn't say that necessarily the, uh, the attention wasn't always there, but um I think that it makes it a lot more accessible and, um, enjoyable <laughs> for people. Right. Who, and they uh, they don't know, know what we're really about. reading when we're sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point because uh, you know, I got into this business about four years ago and there was a cover that I had to I had to say no to. 
it it really was like over the line. Um, certain things, certain things that you just can't have on the cover because I explained to the girl, uh, the author. I said, look, I said, see, women have to feel okay about taking this book when they're in a bookstore and taking enough to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you think about, like, some people that are embarrassed to buy condoms. They're not going to buy the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, for sure. But I, I think that it, that, that uh, some of our erotic reading have changed, and, and a lot of it, um, there's more experimentation out there. And I think a lot of that has to do with books that come to the forefront, such as, I'm not sure if you read it, but Fifty Shades of Grey. Suddenly, oh, that oh, I know that's hitting. Oh, that's that's definitely hitting like the media. Everyone's talking about it. I just saw a bit of it on the news yesterday, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on with this book? I have to check it out. Oh, I know. I was curious, and so of course I would never buy it in you know in book format. <laughs> uh, you know, I have an 18 year old son, so <laughs> so I said, well, I wanted to find out what this is about. And um, and see what the hoopla was about. So I said, you know, I'll go ahead and, and somebody bought me a, um, a gift card on Amazon. I said, okay, well, this is a good reason to, um, you know, buy this book and find out what's going on. So I'm finding that then I see it on, you know, they're talking about it on The View. And uh, the, and then one of the uh, people on The on the View were talking about their their favorite uh products were S&M toys. I'm going like, wow. uh-huh. wait a minute here. When did this suddenly get pushed into, into such... That's really pushing to the forefront. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, you're, you've are you gotten into a subject that is interesting, and uh, you can definitely, uh, you know, capitalize on it. And, and I would say that, you know, you've got a very good mixture of story and the romance. Mm-hmm. So well, tell us what you started with. Uh, you know, you started with a couple of short stories, and then uh, you know how you can even talk about how we kind of got together. Right. Um, well, the um, I well, I I I wrote. Well, I started in I guess the this genre when I was sort of ghostwriting when I was in grad school. Um, so I was um, experimenting with urban fiction and erotica and things like that and um, learning a lot about publishing and what I can do as a writer. Um, so it's kind of like behind the scenes, and, I mean, that was fine for me because I was, you know, studying creative writing and, you know, trying to get published, you know, um, in literary journals and, you know, things like that. And, that's, you know, it's all great, you know. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... I feel like I can. I'm I'm fun. I like to enjoy myself, so I can always do more. Um, so it's like um, then just sort of having fun. I I um, wrote, you know, this short story called Trigger, um, which uh, Charles Burgess published in Chocolate Rose too, um, mm-hmm. and it's basically um, some of it started out 
sort of like a real situation um, where I was, you know, like watching an ex-boyfriend walking across the parking lot um, where I was working and had, you know, the owner's gun was like underneath the counter and it was just one of those things like, I could probably kill him right now. Nobody, you know, get away with it. It was just dumb stuff, which of course I didn't kill him. Um, but <laughs> it was just one of those things where like writing for me is kind of fun because it's like, you know, you can take that road that you didn't travel. Um, you can, you know, say things that you wish that you said, um, did do things that you wish you'd done or have somebody, yeah. you know, uh, apologize or suffer or, you know, whatever. So it was just kind of like fun to have like a little bit of revenge on the ex-boyfriend with the best friend um, that way. And um, it, you know, kind of still turned out to a romance. I, I, I realize that I'm, I'm much more on like the romance side, um, you know, mm-hmm. of, of the writing. And I, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy like having like the butterflies and, you know, Giving you know, giving the guy the eye, that sort of thing, and just like feeling something more than just you know the the burning loin kind of thing. Um, let's see. I also uh, find a penny. Actually, um, that was like the next thing um, in the genre that I wrote. You know, for you know, for myself or like mm-hmm. under my name, and um, that was just sort of like. Um, it, I was just handwriting it in notebooks um, at work, so it was just kind of like I had like one of those jobs where I was just kind of sitting there at a computer between calls, and um, I I could the way that I was positioned in my cubby, I could fit one of those little small notebooks just right between my my keyboard and the wall, and my body <laughs> can hide it in case my manager popped up on me suddenly. And so <laughs> in about three of those notebooks, I wrote um, Find a Penny by Hand and just had a blast with it because it was just fun. And um, I just kind of left it in notebooks um, and are, always said, it's like, you know, one day I'm going to, you know, I'm going to publish them and, uh, you know, I'm going to have fun and there's going to be a sequel and, you know, this, that, what have you. And um, when I had a chance to um, talk to Charles and, you know, he was interested in publishing Trigger, that just kind of, like, opened the door to, you know what, go for it, have fun with it, you know, and um, see what happens. So um, I would type up pieces of Find a Penny, and then, of course, I'd write other things. So I have um, a short story that's on Amazon for Kindle um, called Inner Sanctum, and that was just sort of like a fun um, space opera sort of thing where – the world comes to an end, and this very resourceful stripper manages to buy um, a, a, a one-woman uh, spacecraft to go mm. to um, the the space station. You know, um, the government knew, of course, that the comet was coming, so they colonized the planet. You know, before, without telling anybody. So, of course, the very rich and the elite were able to um, buy the spaceships and get there, and people who are resourceful like Cayenne. Um, so <laughs> she. That's an interesting idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, she has a, a nice long ride to get there in her hypersleep. Um, she was too busy, like, you know, getting her last kicks in on Earth to kind of, like, learn how to use the hypersleep uh, chamber correctly. And she wakes up <laughs> in the middle of her journey. And so she's bored and she's making, like, um, kind of, like, broadcast out into space, like, is anybody out there? And then she decides to make it interesting. So. Uh, the joke is it's not called a cockpit for nothing. Um, she has, like, a whole bunch of toys and things like that, so it's just kind of spicy <laughs> that way. Um, let's see. The next I have um, a bondage and freedom. Just, that just one's my... Hang on, hang on. Oh, uh, just oh, hang on a second. I am giving everybody the... the uh... 
link for that one, the Inner Sanctum, because yeah, I do have a lot of a lot of science fiction uh, readers uh, that listen to to me. So okay. <laughs> definitely want to put that on. And, and I saw that one. I'm going like, well, what? She's she sneaking that one past me. I didn't see that one. So I uh, definitely want to read that one. Yeah, uh, that one is um, it's definitely a quickie. Um, so it's um, it's a it's supposed to be like a first episode. Um, she's you know got more adventures coming, and it's just I've been you know doing other other things, venturing out here and there, um, and different requests for different things. So um, I definitely want to get back to her. One of my friends told me that she just read it last night, and she was like, "Ooh, that girl," you know. So you <laughs> <laughs> have like one of those moments, like you know, oh no, she didn't just do that. So it's kind of cool. Um. But yeah, that that one that was uh, I guess like my first that was the first thing that I put up on Kindle myself. So that was what I you know um, a test and I learned a lot about you know the you know Kindle publishing and you know things like that. It was very interesting mm-hmm. and um, fun thing. And I just you know put it out there for like ninety nine cents, just a quick read, you know, a little quickie, and <laughs> you know um, doing it that way. So um, I hope people enjoy it. It says it's uh, 15 pages estimated, so that's definitely a, a quick read for us. And it'd be interesting if you could do a series on that. That would be awesome. Yeah, definitely more to come. More to come for the adventures of scanning space. <laughs> that's cool. Are you ready for somebody? Because they've got somebody already waiting to talk to you. Uh sure. Okay. This is number four three nine two. That's your last four digits. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello, can you hear yeah. me? Hello. Yeah, hear you. Yeah, this Hello. is this is Marvina. I just want to know where did you get the idea for the names of some of these people? I I read the first one about Curly, and I thought that was really interesting, especially the cakewalk, the party mm-hmm. for the cakewalk. That was very very interesting. Could I hear more about that? I mean, I, I oh, really yeah, think sure. there's some kind of historical significance. Oh yeah, sure. Um. With um, uh, uh, speaking about my short story of bondage and freedom, um, that's my hot historical romance. Um, basically, um, sometimes I kind of like have like a weird image in my head um, that kind of haunts me, and um, it's I don't want to like give away the ending of the book, but the ending of the book was like this this image that was kind of like in my my mind, um, and then other things that just kind of like um, play into it because. I feel like I'm a multifaceted person. I have different interests and things like that, and a lot of things that really touch me um, or interest me, you know, and so I'll, I'll build it into a story. Um, so there is a book um, that was edited by Pamela Newkirk called The Love No Less. It's basically a book of uh, black love letters that go all the way back to slavery time, and um, there was a piece in there one of the letters um, says that um, where the husband was being sold away from the wife and he had a letter that was, like, sent to her through this person and that person and, you know, somehow it managed to stay the test of time where he was basically saying, it's like, I know we can't be together in this life, but we'll be together in the next life. And um, when I heard that, I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, why didn't we have, like, these stories, you know, for, you know, like, I I mean, it just felt like it was, like, our kind of Romeo and Juliet thing for, like, the African-American, you know, culture. Um, I just felt like I wish I knew more of that real love, like, existed, and then there wouldn't be as much, you know, drama and, you know, baby mamas and, you know, things like that. (laughs) It was just, you know, something. So I was, um, 
I had a chance to like purchase like a bunch of those books. It was um, it was actually in a, it was remaindered, and I was able to get like a bunch of them. And so I just like saved them. And whenever somebody got married, it was like I gave it to them as like a wedding gift, or somebody would get it for Valentine's Day or something like that, because the book just meant so much to me. Um, so that story lasted with me for years, and it just made me think of you know like a slave romance. Um, and so of course that's where Curly comes in. She's um a young slave girl who lives on the plantation. Um, the master's got his eye on her, you know, wants to, you know, I guess make her his special pet. Um, but in the meantime, there's a new slave that comes to the plantation named Gus that she falls in love with, like madly in love with, and, you know, wants to marry him, wants to, you know, like have the master Ralph leave her alone and all that stuff. So it's kind of like the whole, like, you know, drama, you know, will they be together, won't they? Um, and, like, the real love there. And um, the part about the cakewalk is um, there's – it was actually um, a competition for – the, the slave masters and their guests, they would throw these elaborate parties um, and have, like, you know, everybody sitting on the veranda, this big old wraparound porch, you know, and they'd watch, like, the slaves, you know, entertain them. And so a cakewalk would be a competition where they would dance to win a cake. So, you know, they would pair up and couple up and they would be dressed up, you know, in like, you know, the rag kind of version of what this style was at the time. And they would, you know, kind of like mimic the kind of dances that, you know, the um, the white owner and, you know, the guests would be doing and things like that when they were dancing. And so they put on like a really big show and whoever um, entertained the guests most would win the cake. Um, and so that's where the cakewalk phrase came from. And um, there are, there's actually some videos. I have to, I'll try to post them up on my um, fan page later. But there's some videos of, um, I guess, where someone had some, some actual, like, filming of actual cakewalks and things like that. And you can see um, that part of African and American culture. So um, it was really, um, like, um, just kind of like a blend of different things that, that came together. And um, uh, Curly's name, just sort of like, you know, you think about, you know, Slave names and things like that. I, you know, <laughs> said curly hair. I, <laughs> I, I thought that was just kind of like appropriate for her name to be curly, <laughs> and um, that's where you know that came from. Thanks for the question. That's that's, that's a very cool idea. Very cool mm-hmm. idea. Any other questions you have there? Well, I was just I've been following her ever since I read the, the of Freedom and Bondage, so that's how I knew about that particular story. And I was just, and I just got um, find a penny the other day, and that was really interesting. I, you know, it kept me captivated and interesting um, throughout the whole book. I thought that was very, very, you know, it was a very, very good story. It was very hot. So I'm waiting for Thank the you. next one to come out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Very good. Um, the next one, uh, definitely, I'm, I've got something in the works. So I think, um, I think people will enjoy it. If you if you like anything that's really kick butt, you've got to you got to read that Charlie's Urban Angels bubbly with a kick because uh, it's in Kindle format as well. I'll definitely use that information on okay. here. Uh, but I just for those who who are just listening in on this, uh, Bondage and Freedom is in Kindle only, and the link is on your chat box right now, so that way you guys can go right to it. But in the meantime, I'm going to also give you the Charlie's Urban, Agent, Urban Angels probably with a kick in mm-hmm. uh, Kindle format. So that way, you know, so you guys have a 
uh, variety because you know that's definitely what she she's able to write. She's she's able to write right. something something that has romance, but definitely a variety. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for you calling in. I'm up now. Yeah. Okay. Have a good mm-hmm. day. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to give that um, one to them so that way, I mean, I, you know, as you're talking and you're talking about certain stories, I'm going ahead and giving the links so that way everyone can get to them. Oh, great. Thank you. Right. Um, well. Okay. Yeah, um, the Charlie's Urban Angels, um, Bubbly with a Kick, um, Charles Burgess, he um, had in Chocolate Rose 2, um, I guess like his, his crew of angels, just, you know, um, most of the stories, or all of the stories actually, in um, Chocolate Rose 2, with the exception of his piece, um, were written by um, women. So there were like six of us that he called his angels, and um, mm-hmm. so we've had um kind of like fun, like, you know, the idea of, like, you know, Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Urban Angels, and, you know, different, like, you know, um, crimes and things like that that we'd have to fight, and, you know, uh, what would your angel name be, and it was just, I mean, just the whole, like, literary sisterhood thing, it's like, um, I, I just love those angels so much, there's, like, um, uh, Dee Monroe, um, Sakaya Reed, there's Juanita Richardson, there's um, author Janique, there's and who am I missing? <laughs> and um, there, I'm like, I'm thinking. Chicago, yeah. 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 And uh, Raquel. And, and Raquel and who else am I missing? Juanita. And, uh, yeah. You know, I said Juanita. No, who um, I'm missing. Um, um, <laughs> sorry to tell. I'm sorry. Like, all Sec- of a sudden, Chicago, I just like. Chicago, like uh, I think Ashley already said her, so. Hmm. Yeah, okay, thanks for voice. I, but, um, it's hard to tell who's really going to come through because what these are, everyone, is is, is smaller books. Um, mm-hmm. it, rather than having a big book that has all all of these angels in it, felt that each story needed to be a standalone but also part of a, a, of a series. And so right. each angel has their own story and uh, multiple stories. Obviously, they, they go on more than one mission, but uh, the beginning story is, is about how they meet Charlie in the first place and uh, how they become who they are. So uh, Cotton, it was Cotton's idea. So just so everyone knows, you know, we're going to give it credit where credit is due. And Cotton came up with the idea and even came up with some of the scenarios. And, of course, uh, all the ladies really loved the idea. And, of course, you know, funny thing is that Charlie, Charles had always said, you know, we should do a Charlie's a Angels uh, type of thing, and it's not before Charlie's Angels even came. Was thinking, thought about on television uh, mm-hmm. to come back, and and, and that didn't work out. Um, they said, "Well, how's that going to do?" So it doesn't really matter because it's it's a different premise entirely. Uh, yes, but so it's definitely a fun uh, writing, and of course, I'm putting up here in print version as well because it's a good, it's a small little book, but it's definitely a powerful book. Yeah, it's um it was a lot of fun. Um, it was cool to have a character who could really just kick butt. That was um the whole bubbly with a kick. Um, she's just sort of you know like, oops, I uh, like would just you know 
say, oh, my God, you know, something like that, you know, would be there. And at the same time, it's like she um, doesn't like injustice and she loves the burn of pain. So, you know, she's a bubbly, bubbly character, but, you know, don't push her. You know, she'll, you know, she'll kick your butt. And um, so in this particular, <laughs> the, the, the first um, Charlie's Angels episode there, um, you kind of, like, meet her, like, who she is, how she comes about being an angel, um, her... Her um, the character's name is Champagne, um, and it's spelled you know P A Y because she likes to make you know people you know her her person pay you know and likes to bring the pain. Um, <laughs> so, but um, she um, was the daughter of a police officer who died on the job, and so then she, all she wants to do was be a police officer. So she um, trained in martial arts until she can join the police academy. And, you know, fresh out of a police academy, she comes up on a case that just reminds her so much of what killed her father and kind of, like, loses it. Um, And basically, just with her bare hands, you know, breaks this, you know, big guy down and he's got a broken jaw and this, that, what have you. And, you know, they've got to, like, suspend her off the course and make her have, like, psych evaluations. Because, you know, she, like, you know, beat the crap out of somebody that's twice her size, you know. And um, so because... She wasn't like the the uh, a perfect fit for the the police, you know, for the police department. You know, she was you know great for you know bringing justice and things like that. But you know, her passion for it went a little bit too far, and uh, Charlie <laughs> could appreciate that, <laughs> and uh, you know, brings her on as one of the angels, and then she has different cases and things like that. Um, and in this particular uh, episode, she is working for, actually, um, he's a pimp, you know, with a heart of gold. And yeah, uh, yeah. some of his uh, prostitutes are getting basically um, raped by um, a dirty cop. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you know, everybody who's good isn't all good. You know, people who are bad aren't all bad. You know, um, you have to, like, see people in different levels and different dimensions. And, um, you know, she, you know, gets to go in there and, you know, bring justice for, you know, these women, you know, of the night who are, you know, being victimized. And um, yeah, she, she, she really, doesn't really, like, really doesn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she has like a way, she takes way too much pleasure in doing so. So, you know, she's beating somebody <laughs> up, you know, he's unconscious. You know, he starts waking up. She's jumping up and down. Oh, he's waking up. He's waking up. And, you know, so she can go kick him in the face again. So, you know, she's, she's bubbly, but with a kick. Well, I got worried there for a few minutes because I thought, you know, my goodness, she's gonna, she's, she's taking some hitting here, and she was having trouble, you know, winning. So of course, she, we oh. know, we know, she's, she's, she's the, she's the get, you know, the gal, the moment. She's obviously gonna win, but you, yeah, you really had us on the edge there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny, funny thing about that, the, the name of the character it says. I had put it in there as champagne on the cover with P-A-Y-N-E, and you said, oh, that's not how you could have spelled it. And then you said, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> happy accident, happy accident. You know, maybe things aren't accidental. Um, but, yeah, she um, she takes way too much pleasure in bringing the pain. So I thought definitely um, that was, you know, that was cool. You know, um, a great, a great um I mean, that wasn't how I originally spelled her name, but, you know, it worked out, right. and I like that. So we just changed the name in a book, and, and it went with it. It's, uh, that's yeah. how things work, you know. That's like yeah. happy accidents. <laughs> you, yeah. you have somebody else on the line, so let me see if they want to talk to you. Okay. This is uh, number 3323, last four digits. Are you there? 
Hello. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Are you here to talk to us, or are you just listening? Oh, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Hey, you want to Hello? talk to us? <laughs> yes, ma'am. How you doing? Good. Hi. Yes. How are you? Hey, My name on. is G from Mississippi. Oh, I can't hear him. What do you think? Can you hear me okay? I know. You know I was, yeah, you probably want to speak up a little bit. Okay, hang on one second. Give us a little booster. Yes, Ms. Carpenter, I have a couple of questions for you, uh, if you have a few minutes. Oh, yeah, we got My it. first question, ma'am? Oh, what's your name? Is, uh, my, my name is George from Mississippi. Oh, hi, George. And I've been a fan of, of uh, Ms. Carpenter for quite a while now. And I have just a couple of questions. <laughs> I have just a couple of questions. my boo. Uh, <laughs> That's my fans. My boo. Hey, boo. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, he, was, he, was, he was trying to make it sound good. <laughs> a couple of questions. What, what inspires you to write, first of all? Where do you get your motivation? Um, good question. Well, yeah, um, like I was saying with um, a bondage and freedom, sometimes it will just be sort of like an image. Um, find a penny actually came out of a dream. Um, there's just different things, and I always say I have like an overactive imagination, and I need to be a writer to put it somewhere. <laughs> so um, <laughs> sometimes it could just be like um, you know something happened. I could just uh, see like um, a news story, something like that, and um, it'll just you know my brain will just run with it. And um, sometimes you just have to sit down and start putting it. Um, you know, on paper, um, you know, type it up on the laptop, something like that. But um, I, I guess I get inspiration from many things, like, all over the place. And um, some things are, I, I guess they're a lot more powerful to really catch me to, to, to sit, to you know, make me sit down and, and live with it, you know, um, for longer than just my thought process for that moment. And um, I've been writing... I always say, like, I've been writing since the fourth grade. Um, we used to have uh, our vocabulary words. We'd have to make a story out of it. And uh, I used to get picked on a lot in school, so I would have fun making flashy stories, telling my classmates, anybody who picked on me that week, you know, they were going to get it. And so I'd, you know, jumping out of my chair to read my story every week. And, um, you know, it just would be funny because, you know, everybody would laugh, you know, like somebody getting killed by, like, a giant zit that just, like, exploded and drowned them. You know, just stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, it would get such a reaction that, you know, it was, um, it, it really, I guess, just became a passion because it, it, it's sort of like, um, uh, I don't know if anyone's into, like, the Zodiac things or whatever, but I'm a Taurus, and they say, like, Taurus is, like, we don't, it's like, we'll cook, but we'd rather, like, you know, if we're just making something for ourselves, you know, it's just going to be, like, oodles and oodles. But, you know, if we're, like, cooking for, like, other people, it's going to be, like, you know, like, I'll make this gigantic thing of baked ziti, and, you know, I want to have the garlic bread, and, you know, everything like that, because it's more like, you know, you want to, like, have, you know, you want to give somebody something special. You want to, like, you know, use, like, this talent or this craft, but, you know, if it's just for you, it's like, you know, I'm fine with noodles. You know, it's just, it's fine, you know, and so um, with the writing and things like that, it's like, you know, it was one thing to write, um, you know, for homework. It was one thing to write for myself or, you know, this, that, whatever, but I think I actually enjoy writing for, you know, other people's amusement. 
Um, it wasn't always so easy to let people read everything because I'd be too critical of myself. Um, I always give uh, other writers uh, this this phrase, um, and it's not grammatically correct, so I'll just go ahead and put that out there real, right now. But um, <laughs> uh, when people are like, I want to write a book so bad, and I just, you know, I don't know this, and I'm afraid of that, and I just stop them and go, I got to tell you this one thing, Snooki.books. So, you know, Snooki from the Jersey Shore has two books out there. They've been on bestsellers <laughs> list and things like that or whatever. She doesn't write. She just talks into a recorder, yeah. and then, like, yeah. someone prints it up for her. Um, it's there's something out there for everybody, and it's like you shouldn't hold back on it if it really is your dream or your passion. And so sometimes you just have to let go of what is pretty much you're your own worst enemy sometimes, and you're the one holding yourself back. And sometimes you just got to let go of that and and run with it and see what happens. And um, I I had to do that um, to kind of like kick myself, you know, basically in the butt to stop. I would um you know, I would have stories and I'd want to submit them to like a literary magazine or something like that. And I would get all the way up to pushing, you know, enter, like for the send button for, you know, an electronic submission, and I wouldn't do it. So um, I had to force myself for one week to just believe that um, for that week alone, you know, it was like baby steps, for that week alone, I was the baddest bitch with a pen. Nobody could touch me for that (laughs) week, you know. And so it's like, you know, I had like, you know, a great story that like won, you know, prizes and things like that. Um, you know, um, it, did you it almost have to become? Stuff. Did you almost have to become that character for that time in order to write it? No, I, I wasn't. Much, yeah, I don't think I was. Maybe that character might show up in something else. But you know, sometimes you just have to, like, you know, um, suck it up. You know, um, throw your shoulders back, and you just say, "I'm not taking crap from anybody," or "I'm not taking no," or "So what if you don't like me?" But I'm going to submit this story anyway. Um, I don't know. It was it was one of those things where I just had to bear myself for a week that I would do it. Um, so I did a lot of writing. I submitted a lot of stuff, and a lot of just from that one week, the um, the rewards that came from that one week alone were, it was incredible. So it was. Um, I definitely recommend that to anybody who's afraid of pushing send, of writing things down, of letting somebody read it. Um, sometimes you just have to tell yourself, like you know. I'm, I'm all that, you know. I mean, it's like if you just have to boost yourself up for like one week. I say, do it. Just just do it for one week to give yourself a chance to get out there, because once you start getting out there, it's a little bit easier to do. And um, that was basically from that one week. A lot of stuff came from it, and um, it was awesome. They're good. I think that answers quite a bit of it. What do you think, George? Okay, I have one more question, and I'm okay. not, not going to hold up any more of your time. One more question, Miss Carpenter. Uh, being a mother and a wife and working every day, when do you find time for yourself? When do you find time to let your hair down? To let my hair down or to write? Uh. No, um, <laughs> to relax, to unwind. Letting my hair down, yeah. Um, let, letting my hair down... Um, and writing, I guess the same thing. It's I kind of like have that joke in my bio that um, I write, you know, um, when I can feel a moment for myself. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, um, oh gosh, it, it, it's like you kind of like lose yourself sometimes, so you don't really know um, like what is always like what what's the best way to like let your hair down, things like that, like things that you know would be fun before. We you know going out to a club and like you know. Part, you know, opening the club, be the last person out, you know, things like that. I could dance all night and things like that. And 
you know, I went to the club on my birthday. Um, I was just, you know, I was there. I was just fine, like, looking at people, you know, sipping a ginger ale, you know, things like that. I was tired. I mean, <laughs> it's like I'm older. I don't know what. It was just like, you know, I was tired. I, I you know, I liked looking at people. I wasn't out there, you know, like, just kicking my heels up or anything like that, you know, but I was I was fine being there. And it was like, you know, I was at um, actually uh, there's the Baltimore Urban Book Festival was um, they had like a, a pre-festival party. So it was like sort of like a red carpet thing, you know, you just kind of like sat there in this nice little, you know, um, this place called Kevolve in Baltimore. And um, it was just, you know, there's a DJ and just kind of like sitting there and people going around and stuff like that. And, I mean, to me, that was awesome. It was, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I, I wasn't like hanging all over the place and, and laughing my, you know, laughing like crazy or this, that, whatever. But I kind of like fun, like, you know, sitting back and, you know, watching people, listening to music, you know, meeting a few people here and there and, um, you know, taking pictures with friends and stuff like that. And so that was, you know, I mean, it's like a different kind of fun for me now for letting my hair down. And um, I don't get to do it as often, but um, I, I, I'm trying to do it more. You know. So, so what you're saying is you let your hair down wherever you can possibly do that. Yeah. So where, wherever you happen to be at the time is is you decide at the moment. Also, I, I, I do know do know that writing is definitely therapeutic. So, uh, you know, for those of us who really love to uh, create a story, that's it is therapeutic. Yeah, it can be, definitely. Uh, I recommend it for people, and sometimes I wish I I practice what I preach. <laughs> sometimes I don't write, write it out when I should be. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah we all do that. Does that, <laughs> that answer your question, George? Yes, ma'am. Thank you all very much. Uh, You're welcome. I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for your new work. I can't wait to get it. Oh, yes. And for you, you George... For you, George. Good night, Boo Thang. Oh no, you did. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I like. I, I know George from um, like uh, some of the groups on Facebook, and he uh-huh. one time asked this question, like, "What in the world is a Boo Thang? What is a Boo Thang?" You know, and people are like, "Oh, I don't like that phrase. I don't like this, or it means this, or I like it, or this, that, whatever." And he was like, "I don't know if I like it." And I just made a comment, like, "Maybe nobody said it to you the right way." They have to lean over into your ear and just whisper, "Boo thing." But of course, this was typed up, you know, and so <laughs> I was like, "You have to hear it," you know. And so um, he had, uh, listened to, I think it was actually an interview that I had with you before. And he was like, wow, you have a nice voice. And I was like, oh, imagine if it said boo thing. So he actually called in, and, like, I I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go, George. <laughs> and now, of course, he's totally embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another caller, and I'm going to go right over to that one because they've been waiting about seven minutes for you. So hang on. Okay, number six nine five nine. Last four digits. Are you there? Yes. Hello. Hello. Hi. How, how are you? Fine? Good. Hi. What's your first, what's your first name? And um, where are you from? Um, my name is Nakia, and I'm calling from Maryland. Okay. Hey, I know her too. <laughs> Hi. Hi. That's my birthday, um, buddy. Well, um, actually, I didn't even, I was just calling in to listen to the interview and to support my friend. 
I guess somehow I wind up in the queue. So since I'm in the queue, I will ask a question. Okay. Um, so when did you, I don't know if someone already has asked the question, but when did you actually start writing? Um, yeah, I, I started, um, fourth grade. Um, probably, I would say that that's what stands out the most, um, for my writing was with vocabulary words. And, um, we all, oh, you know what, we also had a school newspaper, um, for the elementary school. And I wrote this crazy story called Grandma Gunshot and the Homemade Bullets that I still remember the title for. She would bake cookies, like bullshit cookies, and then load up her, her shotgun. And so that was actually <laughs> my first. <laughs> my wow, that was allowed in elementary school? <laughs> that was elementary school. So that was that was my first real published story. There you go. It was uh, the Clara Barton, uh, what was it? I don't even remember the name of the newspaper now, but it was just a school newspaper. So that was my first real published story. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what was the the story detail though? I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, what was the story about actually? Your first published. Um, oh, I I don't remember. I all I remember was I had this cool idea that Grandma would be um, she'd be tough, the one to reckon with, you know, to reckon with. And um, she was great at baking because you know I just assumed that all grandmas love to bake. And um, <laughs> and that she know how to make these bullet shaped, you know, cookies that you know would stand, I guess, a, a shotgun. Oh, like fourth grade, so I don't know. And um, so some she had some kind of a feud or something going on. And luckily, you know, she had an endless supply of bullet cookies that she can, you know, fight off, you know, whatever whoever was trying to take her property or something like that. You know, I guess like my a first superhero was thing. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Her story was a western. How is that? You know, I don't know why, but Wait, I think we're a superhero here. So. Yeah. I went with a bullet cookie. Completely overactive imagination. You have to put that somewhere. Like, where do you come up with this stuff? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I love the concept. I love it. <laughs> So, anyway, we got any more questions there from Maryland? Um, no, not at this time, but I just wanted to say that I'm very proud of her, and I'm behind her all the way, and I enjoy her writings because I've always had the pleasure of, you know, reading her sample work, and um, okay. also I was presented with the book on my birthday, so that was really nice. And also, you know, she gave a little shout-out to me in the book, and I really appreciate that. So... <laughs> You know, I'm proud of you, Cotton, and I love you, and I'm behind you. And keep <laughs> on doing what you're doing. And this one, we're, she, she's going to be our next Oprah. There we go. Well, somebody got to fill those shoes. <laughs> the, the, the role is open. Someone's got to take it. Jump in there, Nakia. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> That's well, awesome. It's always it's always great to have the support. You gotta have your support. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so uh just let everybody know that you can still call in uh seven one four two four two five one four five and we've got about oh, fourteen more minutes that we could, you know, chew the fat here. And uh mm-hmm. says we talked about pretty much I think every story that's out there that you've got so far. So what's coming up? 
Well, definitely we want to talk about Find a Penny. Um, uh, that's the first full-length uh, novel. And there's um, uh, some crime and some humor going on there, and definitely um, it's going to steam the pages up. You know, I think there's, I think you'll still like it. It's a little something in there. Um, <laughs> Find a Penny is about um, Crimson green she is the budding fashionista extraordinaire a fashion you know budding fashion design fashion designer um and she has her first big break where she's going to design dresses for this new r&b girl group um (laughs) for their um uh, an appearance that they're doing on national television like their first national television appearance um she was commissioned to design their dresses so um her best friend Chantel, who is hilarious um, takes her to a nightclub called the Panacea to celebrate, and there she meets this guy named Isaac, who just <laughs> something about him sweeps her off her feet. You know, she's not the type of person who just kind of like fall into romance. She's very centered on her, you know, focused on her career and things like that. She's not, you know, looking for a relationship. She doesn't hook up with guys that she first meets, but something about this guy. And um, some of his, you know, package she appreciates <laughs> a lot, <laughs> and he, um, he, you know, kind of like has her like completely just, you know, doing things that she normally would not do um, when she meets this guy. So she um, falls for him pretty hard, and mm-hmm. um, she it, it just so happens that that same night that they meet, his ex girlfriend Penny goes missing, and so it's sort of like she falls into, you know, this great big, you know, it's, a, it's, it's scandalous for Baltimore because, you know, Penny is like the heir to the Lake Trout throne. And <laughs> Lake Trout is big around here. Um, she, <laughs> she um, you know, she, the, there's the whole thing like, you know, am I, you know, dating, you know, a guy that's like, I mean, am, am I am I sleeping with a murderer? You know, things like that. You know, there's this hot thing right. top me. I mean, Nathan that's trying to, like, you know, tell her, it's like, you know, be careful, you need to break away from this guy, you know, things like that, you know. And so, you know, what has she gotten herself into um, with Isaac? Um, so you don't know, um, you know, one, you know, what, what happened to Penny, you know, it's like sort of like to help um, Crimson clear her name. Um, she decides to try to find Penny herself. So she's got to become like a sleuth, you know. She's got to, you know, um, do a stakeout. She's got to, you know, take pictures and follow people. And, you know, she's like giving scenarios to the police, like, you know, you guys didn't think about this, you know, sort of things like that, you know, kind of like standing by her man. But then, you know, every now and then it's like, you know, am I standing by a murderer? So it's, you know, it's very, very interesting. But, um, you know, in there there's romance. Um, there's, you know, definitely, you know, some scenes there to, um, to, to steam up the pages, um, and at the same time, you know, she's got this great friendship with Chantel, who is just hilarious. You never know what she's going to say next. Um, I know that every time I would edit the book or type it or whatever, it's like I would come across something that would just crack me up. Like, I knew who Chantel was. Like, she was, like, this real person. And it's like, oh, that girl is crazy. You know, and it's just, like, it's so funny. So, I, I mean, to me, I, I think the book is hilarious, or at least Chantel is. And I hope other people enjoy the humor of it besides the fact that there is um, suspense and... Um, well, and, definitely and like it's romantic suspense, <laughs> yes. I have yeah. a question for you, okay? Mm-hmm. You you get very much into detail on the clothing lines that you're working on, mm-hmm. uh, that urge that she was working on, and to detail what kind of shoes, what kind of 
you know, what kind of fabric, you know, what was going to, how do you know that? Did you research on it or is it something that you already know? Um, yeah, I'm not, um, I, I used to want to be a fashion designer, but, um, my mom reminded me, it's like, yeah, well, you really can't sew. And that's true. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, it, it's, um, it, it wasn't a lot of research on it. It's just um, one of my things with writing is um, to kind of, like, infuse, like, instead of just saying, um, you know, that somebody's voice was smooth, um, you know, like, who would think that his voice is smooth? Well, she's a fashion designer, so what would a fashion designer think is smooth? You know, so his voice is, like, corduroy and velvet, you know, so it's things like that. And so you just kind of, like, play with, um, you know, um, I guess the kind of terminology of things that, that she would use, yeah. would use, like things that are important to her. Um, so there's different things about fabric. There are, you know, um, uh, a little bit of fashion here and there, which, you know, I mean, it's I, I think some of it is kind of like, you know, common, like, you know, like what woman doesn't want some Jimmy Choo's or, you know, something like that. So it's just, you know, some of it is kind of, you know, um, I think everybody can appreciate some of the, the fashion that she talks about. Um, but um, I, I think what at least something that I like to do is is really um, strengthen the writing with um, a little bit more. Like um, it's probably something that you wouldn't notice because it's in passing, but if you thought about it, it's like, you know, wow, so, you know, a fashion designer would think of things in, in thread and, and fabric and, and, and texture and right. things like that. And so, um, you know, it's very much, you know, like, you know, lovers are entwined and, you know, things like that that, that gets in there. And so some of it was just thinking about fabric and, and, and like, sewing terminology and things like that. So it's, like, some of it just kind of, like, looked into. And then I have a friend who um, does, you know, like, she um, she she does, like, sew and, you know, into fashion and things like that or whatever. And I was like, you know, do you think these dresses will look nice? You know, just stuff like that, just, like, this idea. Do you think that would look nice? You know, and so... But yeah, I think that'll work. You know, so it was, it was just kind of like um, kind of fun there, and and um, well, it, it's fun. It, it's fun, but it also brings a whole new dimension to your character. I mean, mm-hmm. something that we again we wouldn't have normally you know gotten a lot of the details, and that's what you yeah. bring to the story. Yeah, I definitely like to layer things um, and not just you know bring you a story, but like really just bring you like an experience, and hopefully you kind of like live along with these people and, and take it take it home in a different way. You know, I, I definitely, you know, hope that when someone finishes the book, like, I'm the type of reader that I just, like, I, I, I love them. Like, you know, they're my, my friends. Like, the characters are my friends. And, you know, when the book ends, I'm, I, I'm like, the silly person that keeps, like, trying to turn a page. Like, I'm hoping, wait, 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 there's something else. There's something else. I'm, like, looking at a blank page. You know, it's just, and, I mean, I know, I know it's a blank page, but there's still, I, I'm, I'm good for that if a book is really good to me that I'm, like, turning to that last page, the blank page, like, hoping and imagining that another thing is there. And I will, you know, like, toss things around in my head. I'm writing there happily ever after, you know, what happens after that. And, you know, things like that. It's just, like, different things will live on for me. And it's, like, that's what I actually hope that my readers get, um, that after they, you know, when they read something that they, that mm-hmm. the characters kind of keep on living with them or, you know, the uh, image stays with them, a thought, you know, something like that. But um, I, well, I guess, like, kind of, like, I build into it because I, it, it maybe it makes it more real and, and maybe you will definitely. get that experience. It definitely, it definitely does lend to uh, the depth of the story. 
I have another question then for you. Somebody asked me, what do you read if you are this prolific in different areas? What are, What is your interest in reading? I, gosh, it's different thing. You know, it's really, um, I guess it's also eclectic. Um, <laughs> I often like saying like my training, whatever, because I was, you know, I, I was in grad school for creative writing. And so like being like an English major before that and things like that, you kind of like are always told what to read and what's good. And um, sometimes your brain is just ready to explode after that. And so you do need, like, a good detective novel. You do need, like, a cozy mystery. You do want that steamy, you know, bodice buster. You you know, so it's like it, it varies. Um, and then there's some, but at the same time, they, they do expose you to, like, different writers that um, you can appreciate and you didn't realize, like, how mm-hmm. awesome they are yeah. and what you can get out of them. Um, my favorite have always been and always will be like Toni Morrison, Alec Walker. Um, those are like my divas. Those are the goddesses, and I will you know go to my grave with that one. <laughs> it's like you know I'll, I'll fight for I'll fight you for them. But it's just it's definitely I um I love them. Uh, Toni Morrison has a way of it's it's like her style to me is like you don't really really get the full idea of the book until you've read the very last word. Um, it's, wow. it's amazing. I, I can't explain it other than, like, please read some of her work. Um, Song of Solomon is, like, you know, like one of her, like, biggest books ever, and there's so much stuff going on it. But when you read that very last word, it's like everything you read all of a sudden, like, oh, my God. It just, you know, it, it has, like, a whole new meaning now because it's like she weaves, like, a complete story so like well rounded and things like that where it's just it, it never it's like as much as you think you've understood and understand oh this is gonna happen or you know, something like that throughout the book. No, you don't really get the depth of Tony until you've read her last word of the of the book. And it's like for that it's like she is is just freaking amazing. And it's like I I actually I haven't read like her her latest because it's like I have to like really be in a spot to like 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 breathe, you know, the whole entire book because she's right. very, very for me. And if I've got like a lot of stuff going on, I I can't because like I'll read like three pages and I have to put the book down to do this, yeah. to do that, and I can't I can't read Tony that way. And that's how life has been for me, kind of like lately. So I haven't really like um been dealing with that um or dealing with her like the last um the last book. Um, Alice Walker, she she has left me with some images that. I I mean, you know, like how you like you can watch like a movie and like you know, mm-hmm. oh, this is you know the this is the catchphrase or something like that and things like that stay with you. There's like Alice right. Walker things that you know it's like you know um, does anybody know about you know January third being like suicide day like things like that. It's just like you know they'll 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 leave out you and like this image will stay on you and it's like you'll have like a different concept of life <laughs> like after reading <laughs> Alice Walker. So she um is very um. I I don't know. It's she's I get she's influential in so many different ways. Like it's not just writing and things like that. You know, it's like I mean, it's like I'll you know think about spirituality a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look at like you know culture a different way. I'll look at like um like there's like the third life of Grange cult of Grange Copeland that you have like the three different stages of, in his life where it's sort of like you know there's a part where it's like you actually understand like you know where hatred can be necessary. 
but at the same time, you know, you come full circle with it, you know, and so it's like you kind of like, you know, learn about like your own development and growth and things like that as a person, you know, dealing, you know, with like some of her writings and things like that and just, you know, um, just just images and, you know, things like that. She's she's amazing. And um, so those two, like I said, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll find anybody that says they're not awesome, you know. I'll <laughs> <laughs> so those, those will be with you if you stranded on a desert island. Those books will yeah. be with you, right? <laughs> They'll be with me even if I have to sit there and, like, write in the stand the like, stories that I remember, like, you know, to teach them, like, their history, like, you know, like Bible stories <laughs> or something like that. It's like, you let me tell you about Coca-Cola, you know. <laughs> it's like, you got to know this, you know. So, um I, you know, I love them dearly. Um, but other things like, um, you know, that I guess you can, like, flip it. Like, you know, what else are you interested in? There's um, Janet Ivanovich. You know, she just did, they just put out her movie, The One for the Money. Um, so there's a whole mm-hmm. Stephanie Plum series that is hilarious. And um, the neighborhood that she bases um, Stephanie Plum's family in is actually about 15 minutes away from where I grew up. 15, 20 minutes about, you know, from where where I grew up and things like that. So, I mean, I've driven through that neighborhood and hung out with, you know, pe- you know friends and things like that in a neighborhood okay. all the time. And there's a lot of characters that are in a book that are so colorful, but it's like, if you knew Jersey, mm. yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, it was just, you know, awesome. And um, she's got, like, um, I, I still didn't see the movie yet. It's just one of those things, like, you know, you like you love the books and things like that. And so it's like I've right. taken my time to see the movie, but um, I'm going to see it. But uh, no, she, she has a, you know, a grand- <laughs> yeah, she, well, she has like a grandma character in the book, Grandma Mazer. And um, basically, when I found Stephanie Plum, I, she'd already had probably like thirteen books into this Stephanie Plum series. Um, I mean, Jen and Bonnie just was like you know basically thirteen books into the Stephanie Plum series, and it's like my my grandmother had just died. And it was, like, I was just kind of, like, going through a depression, and it was just so funny just to kind of, like, feel like I was home by reading about, like, these crazy characters and this crazy grandma and, you know, things like that. And so, I mean, I was, like, I just, like, for the summer, like, when my grandmother died, I was just, like, just devouring, like, one book after another. I'd, like, go to the library and, like, is the next one here? You know, it's, like, you know, you guys said that it would be here. It's, like, I'm on the list. You know, just stuff like that, you know, because... I would just laugh, and there was so much, you know, humor in it and, and, and so much home in it and stuff like that. So it's like I, you know, I love, you know, Jenna Ivanovich for, like, you know, her writing and her style and things like that. So, it's you know, they're definitely different spectrums. You know, you've got, you know, Tony Morrison, you know, with the full circle, and, you know, uh-huh. uh, Alice Walker, who, like, you know, gives me life lessons, and then, like, Jenna Ivanovich, who just cracks me up. So it's just, you know, I, I like different things like that. That's awesome. Uh, what other question I had was if you're getting into some areas that maybe you haven't read before or are, are you getting, are you pulling some information from other books that in order to write that genre? For, for instance, your last one, your inner sanctum, mm-hmm. where did, where did you get the, uh, the, the information on space in order to be able to, in order to be able to pull that off? Um, I I think with that, um, just watching enough of the sci-fi channels, because of science fiction, you know, honestly, yeah. it's like, you can make it up. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm just saying, it's like, you know, like, think, you know, think through all this, you know, it's like, sure, I made up that planet. You know, you can make up a whole planet. You can make up a whole yeah. world. Um, yeah. Like, with science fiction, I mean, the cool thing about science fiction or or things that Fantastic. people should know about Fantastic. like writing science fiction is that you are responsible for creating a world. 
Um, yeah, think yeah. of like Avatar and things like that. You know, it's like the writer. It's the, usually a science fiction book is so much bigger because the writer is responsible for creating like a planet, like creating an actual world or a universe to just pick you up who's never been on this planet before and drop the reader in the middle of it. So it's like yeah, um, you, know, you kind of like have, have fun with science fiction by you know like making like wild you know things or whatever like you know. Is it possible to, like, you know, leave Earth's orbit, like, riding on a dildo or something? I mean, it's just crazy stuff. You know, I don't know. But it's, like, in, in science fiction, like, why not? You know, I mean, right. come on. Right. <laughs> right. Better way to leave a planet, leave the planet, you know, than, like, you know, you know, coming and going at the same time. Who knows? But it's just, you know, it's one of those things, you know, that's like, why not? <laughs> you know? Well, that's, so, that's right. the thing of destiny. You're you're absolutely right because obviously, you know, I, that's my uh, my favorite genre is science fiction and fantasy. And mm-hmm. you're right; you have to create a whole world, and even even down to monetary. Uh, you know, what? How do they deal with the money? How do they deal with their finances? Their economic structure, all that. So, in order to yeah. really pull it off, it, it, sometimes, especially a fantasy becomes a very large book. We were just talking to uh, one of my other authors about that. Uh, he had created a 682-page book. That 682 pages is huge. But mm-hmm. fantasy, you wind up you're going to getting bigger books because of the fact that you're not only dealing with with all that world building, you're also dealing with the adventure itself right. and the, the characters. So you have a lot of lot of things you have to you have to think about. You can't let go of certain things, uh, you know. If you write past history, but if you write altered altered history, then you you got to know your history in order to know where to screw it up. So yeah. <laughs> definitely, I, I commend the science fiction writers. I I do because so much goes into it. It, I mean, just to to have the story and and get it out there. I mean, for me, it's like I might do something that's fun, but it still is like a short story. But I mean to like just to create these whole entire worlds and things like that. It's it's amazing. It's I I really like I take my hat off to science fiction writers. It's just I I don't, I don't know if I can like do like a whole entire. I mean maybe I will one day like do a whole entire like science fiction. You know create a new world things like that. It's like with um inner sanctum. It's like I can do it like one episode at a time. So I can you know I can pace myself. <laughs> but, you know it's, I can yeah, build a little bit at a time. I, yeah I I commend I commend you guys. It's, it's awesome. That's all, it's, that's what part I love about it. But anyway, um, I always have a question. I think I'm not sure if I asked you this question the first time around, uh, but I'm going to ask you again if uh, if this if this was a question I already asked. But I ask this question usually at the end of every of every uh, episode here, and the question is: Now that you have successfully slain the dragon, what's your first book, full length book? How will you celebrate? Yeah, you did ask. You asked that one to me before, and I remember my answer. I don't think it's changed. <laughs> it's like okay. I've played the dragon. I'm like, we've got time to celebrate. I'm going to go look for a bigger dragon. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's been my answer before. There you go. I think it's safe. <laughs> see, well, that's just it. You see, that it has to do with where you are in your life. Yeah. So you, I think your question, your answer was a little bit. Like what you had before, but it's changed a little bit. You're you're already searching for that that next dragon, so that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So I always enjoy talking to you, and you know my my phone is always on, on for you. And uh, 
And uh, you know, looking forward to your next piece. And and I definitely want to. I'm going to buy that inner sanctum because I'm curious to see what you did there. <laughs> that was leaving Earth, so a lot of it's still on the planet. But you know, it's still a fun way to leave it if you have to. So. <laughs> Well, I, I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what you did. So I I'm curious I'm just so I'm really curious now. So <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> I will. So with that I'm gonna say good night to you and uh give your kids a big hug, okay? All right, thank you. And thanks for everyone who called in or who listened. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And that was Cotton, you know, Cotton Carpenter, and she's uh, quite a gal there back east, and just love her to death. She's a terrific author. Um, she's definitely an up-and-coming, so you guys really need to get on ball and actually read some of her work because, uh, you know, keep an eye on this this, this lady. She's going to be uh, writing some very prolific things, and uh, I'm really excited for her to be right where she is right now. So I'm going to take a little break, and then I'm going to tell you guys about some other things that we have coming up, including something, well, forget about the break. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Um, tomorrow, uh, I've got a group of four other authors and, and myself that's going up to Payson. Uh, Payson, Arizona is up there in the pines. I know for most of you in the other part of the country, you said, well, I thought we were only desert here. No, Arizona is full of a lot of different, lot, lot different variety. We've got snow up north, but of course, right this time of the year, there's no snow anywhere. But in uh, Arizona, you've got a you know cooler climate. You got your pine trees, you've got your mountains, and it's a wonderful town called Payson, which is uh, it's oh, I don't know, it's about an hour and a half to two hours uh, north of Mesa, Phoenix area. So uh, we go up there, and we're going to be enjoying the. Uh, the cooler weather for the evening. Uh, we've got a Main Street art walk, and we've been invited by uh, Todd's Books. He's got a nice, wonderful uh, bookstore up there. It's a used bookstore right off of Main Street. And Main Street will be, uh, have a, all the stores are going to be open tomorrow night from 5 to 8. And we will be in front of Todd's Books. And so everyone come on out and enjoy the night, wonderful weather up there in Payson and a nice evening of walking up and down Main Street and enjoying what I consider one of the greatest little towns in Arizona. So that's tomorrow night. And then we've got some other things going on. We've got a couple, we got three people talking next week. And so let's talk about that for a minute. On the 5th, which is next Tuesday, we have Lynn Boston. He's got a wonderful book called Anti. <laughs> here I go and go blank here. He's here. He is listening to me, thinking, "Gee whiz!" Okay, through the third eye, and it's part of the the first one of the trilogy. And through the third eye is definitely going to be an interesting book for everyone to read. And I'm not going to give too much away there, but because I really want you guys to you know, take a look at it. It is on uh, the AZ Publishing website as well as my Amazon website. And I will definitely put that information on when we see them. Then that's from 5.30 to 6.30 Arizona time next Tuesday. That's with Lynn Boston. He is a local author, local Arizona author. 
And uh, it's a wonderful book. I think you guys are really going to get into, especially if you love the uh, science fiction fantasy genres. You you've got to get into this one. But I think it's also really do will do well with the mainstream people because he's got some adventure in there. He's he's got you know a lot of intrigue, and the intrigue is really hot on the in the mainstream market right now. So I think you guys, I think almost anybody is going to like this story. So that's going to be on Tuesday from 5.30 to 6.30 Arizona time. Obviously, three-hour difference, so it'll be 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday, same time, same place, same bat channel, 5.30 to 6.30, we've got Michael Bradley, and Michael's got a couple of books. Uh, Rice in the genre called steampunk. And uh, for those who don't know what that is, is basically uh, basically the time period is, is turn of the century around the 1900s, where we were becoming industrialized here in America. And he writes, he's got one uh, twisted history, he's done some alternate history, short stories. Uh, that's his smaller book, and then of course he's got this larger book, which is the book in question which is a steampunk, and that is called The the Traveler's Club and the Ghost Ship. So we will be talking to uh, Michael Bradley, also a local Arizona author. Hey, and he will also be up there with us in Payson, along with Lynn Boston. So uh, wonderful to talk to both of them. And again, same time, same bad channel, 530 to 6.30 next Wednesday. And then we've got another show, back-to-back next week. Uh, with Jonathan Maxwell. Jonathan, we're also talking the same time, 5.30 to 6.30, and I'm not really sure if he's local or not, but anyway, he has gotten in contact with me, and I think his book sounds very interesting, so I think that you guys need to take a look at it. Get on the blog talk. Um, I don't have these links up yet, but I will, so you'll have all three of them because I usually wind up putting them all up at the same time. Uh, also, don't forget that I've got a lot of virtual book tour tours right on my blog, and uh, you guys really can get a hold of brand new authors or authors who have been writing for a while. Uh, a lot of uh, diversity there, a lot of uh, great books out there by authors, and I I've, am I've, host to at least two or three of them a week. So definitely get on my blog, which is... Uh, I'll to drop that in here so that you guys have that. Changing Face of Publishing blog. And it's AZ Publishing Services. That's my company. Dot blogspot.com. So it's AZ Publishing Services. Dot blogspot.com. I'm going to give you that. There are a lot of uh, interviews, a lot of guest uh, blog postings. In other words, those are authors who write about a specific subject and uh, and put that onto my blog for the day. Uh, I also take some articles and things from the connotations using that, I, that I'm that i managing editor for, and that's a speculative fiction newspaper. Um, once in a while, I pull out some articles from there and put them and pop them into the blog so you guys can enjoy the reviews uh, as well as uh, some articles uh, based on science and science fiction and fantasy. Uh, horror, just and, you know, speculative fiction is a very broad market. So uh, speculative fiction readers are very widely read. They love a lot of things. So we all love 
reading a lot of that information, and so that's all in the newspaper. Uh, I also include some of that in the uh, blog, so that way you guys can get that on a daily, you know, daily basis here. So we have a lot of cool sort of things coming coming up, definitely. We've got uh, Ray Gorham, and he writes a apocalyptic story called 77 Days in September. I've been looking forward to talking to him since I had him on uh, virtual book tour information uh, about a month ago. And so, okay, this this book's uh, cover is intriguing to me, and of course that's the first thing that I notice. Um, being a graphic designer, I look at the cover. If it, is it intriguing? Does it say? Does it say to me what the what the story is about? And that's really what a cover is supposed to do. Does it say what kind of genre? I mean, can you just look at it? No. And if you did, if it doesn't hit that mark, then you're you're in the wrong. You got the wrong cover. Anyway, we have a virtual book tour with uh, him, just so that way you guys will know, you know, kind of what he's about. Um, radio show is earlier that day because he's got a schedule. Uh, his schedule is different. He works in the evenings, therefore I change it for him, and so we'll be on at 10 in the morning to 11. That's 10 to 11, and that's Tuesday, June 12th. And that I'm not going to tell you anymore because that's too many. <laughs> so you guys won't remember anyway. So uh, we've got three shows next week, which is really cool. We've got uh, a lot of diversity there, a lot of good stuff. A lot of uh, variety, and then we've got uh, yeah, got another one on on Tuesday the 12th. So with that, I'm just gonna let you guys go. And again, you guys always get a hold of me. I'm on uh, Facebook quite often. That's Facebook.com/pj.holtstrand. And of course, I know you're gonna spell the last name wrong. H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D. I'll give you that on here, so that way you guys will get it hopefully right. But you can contact me if you are if you have a book that you want to promote, and um, and you really need help with that, or if you just simply want to do a show, uh, definitely contact me uh, with your information about your book and you, and I will will get back with you and let you know uh, time and whether or not that's the kind of book that I think that uh, will do well on the show. I know what the, the listeners are. By the way, I want to thank everyone uh, for the last month because this is the end of May, and we have exceeded 1,200 in this month, and very very excited about that. Uh, we jumped about half of our uh, normal listeners this month, and I'm just so excited about that. So I have to thank you all for that. And so with that, I'm going to let you guys go a little early here. And uh, you guys have a great night. And this is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand. And if you guys have a chance to get up to Payson, I'd be happy to see you. You have a great night.